0: Welcome to another episode of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central Podcast. Start off with our guest segment first. Very pleased to have special guest here, Kirk Morrison. I'm not even sure how to introduce you. I, the, the, our producer, you know, Jacob, who's a San Diego State dude, you know. Yeah, there we go. Know, like was uh, like San Diego State, great, and, you know, Oakland, my other... Guy that's usually on the podcast that pops on the second segment is San Diego State and Oakland Raiders. Everything's Oakland Raiders great. I mean, uh, he even described Norv Turner as Oakland Raiders great. He coached one year, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's the year you were there. But so Oakland Raiders great, San Diego State great, and uh, my friend Kirk Morrison, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Dr. Chow, man. Great to be with you as always, brother. It's been a while, but uh, glad to share this space with you. I know I got to invite you on
0: the podcast to chat with you. We don't even
1: talk, <laughs> <up>. <laughs> man. You already know summertime is close, and when you got you know kids running around, man, it is hard to stay in contact. But you know what? I'm uh, always with you mentally, man. I'm still following everything that you do, so I still I'm connected, but in different ways.
0: <laughs> yeah, always, uh, always uh, connected. But when they sent me the stuff and all the stats, I was like, look, I knew I was old, but.
1: Boy. We're all getting old. <laughs> Yeah. We're getting there, man. But you know what it's been a long time. We've seen a lot. Uh we've grown a lot and you know, it's now it's kind of just uh you know, helping the next generation uh share our experiences and hoping that others can uh you know, kind of go down those paths and have a better understanding of how to navigate them.
0: All right. So Let's just start right there. Look, I'm a terrible interviewer. Let's just have a conversation. <laughs> stop it. You're a professional. You can ask questions anytime you want. Let's start right there. What would Kirk Morrison today wish what would he tell young Kirk Morrison? What what information or what
1: insight do you wish you would have known when you were young? You know, a lot of it, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of had an sort of early inclination of how things would kind of go with my career. Uh, I wouldn't lie to you about that, Dr. Chow, because, you know, I remember when I first got drafted back in 2005 to the Raiders, my mom, you know, actually she had tears in her eyes and she said, I'm crying because I'm happy and sad at the same time. I said, how can you be happy and sad at the same time? She says, well, I'm happy because a dream of yours you achieved you you've accomplished something you've accomplished going to the national football league now i'm also crying because i'm sad because it's probably not going to end the way that you wanted it to hmm. it's probably not a situation in which you're going to you know be on a uh, you know a white horse and ride off into the sunset and with an amazing hall of fame career with many pro bowls and all that su- success it didn't sort of happen that way so for me, it was a career in which that I had to work. And so if there was anything I would tell my younger self is to control what you can control. Um, you know, Dr. Chow played for six head coaches in my eight years in the National Football League, six different head coaches in eight years. So if there was something I would tell my younger self is make sure you can control what you can control, which is my attitude, my effort my hard work, my dedication, continue to do those things and hopefully inspire other teammates, inspire others. But at the end of the day, don't get caught up on the outside noise or maybe what's going on internally. You've been around it. I've been around it. Some things are out of our, out of our hands, out of our pay scale. Right? So I just learned to me for real that just control what you can control. Do what you're supposed to do. And a lot of times things will take care of themselves.
0: Well, that's good advice. I think in life in general. And, and look, in my time in the league, I said all the time that's not my above my pay scale. I had yes, a exactly. <laughs> tell me once, uh, you know, uh I'd give a bad grade on a draft prospect or something, medical grade. Yeah, but he's good. We want to s- sign him, like draft him. Like, go ahead. I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you his medical 40 time, Correct. and it's not that fast. If you think he's got game speed, by all means. I remember one time there was a – I don't want to name names, I guess. or This guy's got 100-plus tackles. He's got bad knees. He doesn't like to worry about them. Don't make a big deal about his knees. Just pass him on his physical. We're going to sign him. I'm like, look, I'm just going to sign a grade. And thankfully, I assigned him a relatively low grade. Mm. He didn't care. He was going to sign him anyways. And sure enough, he did not finish the season and needed knee surgery. And at least because if I didn't do that, then ownership and others would come at me and go, well, what happened here? Yeah. Uh, one time. This is another true story. Uh, we
1: you know, you know, we had David Ben forever, forever. Yeah. Ever. The late the, leg, the legend of David Ben.
0: Many, many, in many, in
1: many always want to know why was he on the team? Was it more of his athletic prowess as a great long snapper? Or was his uh, girlfriend uh, at the time uh, one of the reasons why he stayed around?
0: <laughs> well, what you're referring to, of course, we actually had Dave on the podcast earlier this year. Yeah, and I guess for the first time, he told the story publicly about Pro Bowl. Yeah, and to recap it, or maybe our our our, uh, our editor, our, our producer will cut it in here the segment with David Bin, but basically uh, he's at a, his, a Pro Bowl, yeah. earned, like deserved. It. But you For know, it. snappers are appointed by the head coach yeah. and, you know, right, uh, whoever the head coach is. And uh, he tells a story about Belichick coming you know. up and said, where's your girlfriend? And he's like, Emma? <laughs> he goes, yeah. Why isn't she here? She here? And she goes, no, she didn't make it. And uh,
1: his quote was, remind me why the F we invited you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was always the the running um uh, gossip before the game, especially amongst the uh specialists, was uh, you know, Dave Ben, you know, their their long snapper, he's uh his girlfriend's Pamela Anderson. So that, that was always we get a nice little chuckle, a little rise out of the guys before the game because we're walking around like if this long snapper is able to pull Pamela Anderson, come on, man! I know I've got a shot. So it was always, <laughs> it was always fun to hear guys kind of talk about that, especially the, the specialists. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, absolutely a good fodder there. But anyways, David
0: Ben finally got injured, and this, that, the other. And I remember one time, you know, on on Tuesday is free agent physical Tuesday, right? Correct. There's yeah. all these players that come in for physicals, and uh Workouts and see who gets signed, kind of thing. Monday, sometimes they even come in, depending. And one time, time, we had literally five long snappers. They all were in my office at 8 a.m. on Tuesday, in five different rooms. <laughs> I <was looking laughs> at them, and and one of your uh, uh, brethren, Ross Tucker. Yeah, your guy, uh, yes. Ross. When I first met Ross in the media world, he hated me. He no. goes, cause he said, when I came in to do a free agent physical at the chargers, you x-rayed me, me head to toe. And I'm like, he goes, other teams didn't really do that. You x-rayed me head to toe. And at that time there wasn't electronic medical records where you can get it from other places. Correct. And and I said, all I said to Ross was, if you were an owner, you want me to x-ray you head to toe or let you go. I get you didn't like it, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what I need to do. And so getting back to the long snapper, we had five of them. We finally saw, we signed one of the five.
1: Okay. And
0: this guy was big. I didn't think he could run, but that wasn't my job. Stay in your lane above my pay grade. He right. was big for a long snapper. He couldn't come down and cover, but that's not my job. Medically, he passed. And literally the first practice, he broke his foot. Now... <laughs> Here's the thing. The team got mad at me and said, what the heck? You pass them on a physical. I pulled out the x-rays and said they were normal. What do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, right. So, uh, so which which bring, brings us to the next topic, your Raiders. Jimmy G. Yeah. Agrees to a contract and apparently something on the physical, the list frank has surgery. Give me your take on that.
1: You know it's a situation where you know different you never know the severity of an of an injury. Uh this injury occurred uh, while he's a member of the San Francisco 49ers in the 2022 season which kind of opened a door for Brock Purdy. Remember this was the Jimmy Garoppolo was the second quarterback to be injured for the 49ers that season. Remember they started off with Trey Lance, he got injured early on, I believe in week uh week 2 and then yeah. all of a sudden now you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, the team's rolling, they're doing great and then he has the foot injury. And then Brock Purdy comes in, plays great, but everyone's always in the back of their mind. When does this sort of uh, magic fairy dust stop, you know, this magical season so far with Brock Purdy as the 49ers continue to keep rising up the ranks and, you know, make it all the way to an NFC championship game? Does Jimmy Garoppolo ever get his job back or, you know, what's his status? And I think it was a possibility that they let the foot heal on its own. Like I said, I'm not the team doctor with the 49ers, but the the thought process was see if the heat, the foot can heal, get as probably as close to, you know, 100% as possible and then just have surgery in the offseason. Well, a lot of that, I, I think, with Jimmy was that he was fine enough to be the backup quarterback, possibly, if they went to the Super Bowl. Now, he wasn't able to be that quarterback in the conference championship game and that was kind of the telltale sign there but hey offseason comes he's one of the big storylines in terms of a quarterback that can come in and and you know and and lead a team to a super bowl because he's done it before he's been a starter in the super bowl he's got that capability but uh, you know there was a lot of a lot of smoke and when it comes to jimmy garoppolo in terms of when you think about his uh, press conference, it was delayed 24 hours. And I think now as you start to look back at the timing of the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, signing, you realize that he may not have been 100%. And yeah. I think to to add to the point, I look at the year prior as well. Remember, Jimmy Garoppolo agreed to a, a different contract going into the 2022 season. You no, know, I remember that Trey Lance was already labeled the guy was already told hey you're going to be the starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo because of the surgery he elected to get and i believe this was the thumb surgery i believe he had uh, going into the season yeah going into the season it was a, was it a thumb surgery shoulder shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. i'm sorry which, shoulder Which
0: the 49ers said nothing to see here he's fine correct but sports injury central we said that's a throwing shoulder on the quarterback yeah. he's untradeable correct at that point in time. Uh, having that shoulder surgery late made him completely untradeable to anyone
1: else. And so I think learning from that situation just a year prior probably helped Jimmy uh, kind of go through this process in 2023 differently because if he elects to have the shoulder surgery again, he is unsignable, right? Because he's a quarterback that's, damaged goods you don't know when he's available but because they delayed the surgery or they said oh he'll be fine then he's now in a short window period of time you have to s- sign sight unseen okay you remember before where you remember how free agency used to be man back 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 i keep saying i can't believe i'm already saying it back in the day but you remember it was a free for all and you uh, agreed to terms and very rarely did you see guys flunk a physical and so you were here, all these agreed to terms, agreed to terms. And then they finally, sometimes you'll have one or two that the deal kind of falls through because they didn't pass the physical. The same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He agreed to terms, sight unseen. And I think in the Raiders, finally had a chance to go through that medical that you talked about. And all of a sudden, their doctors say, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. This thing ain't healed up right. It ain't healed the way that we think it should be healed, especially for the investment that we're about to make in this position. We got to figure something out. But more importantly, we feel more comfortable if you have surgery. I think ultimately that's what's happened. And my thing is, when will he be available to start throwing? He has not. He's probably throwing. I, mean, I don't know. Everything is in the offseason. You, you can't find out. You don't know much until the season starts. So this right now is a – it's, it's a tough period for the Raiders because you're putting a lot of eggs in the basket of Jimmy Garoppolo and he may not be available to training camp.
0: Well, you're absolutely right. And, and here's my take on it. First of all, I think it's already, a, it's a big enough. The bad news is this is a big deal to me that he's not available for OTAs. Right. Look, uh, people made a big deal about Aaron Rodgers not being at OTAs for green Bay. And, but Aaron Rodgers said, well, I know the system. Okay. Jimmy G knows the system. It's Josh McDaniels, but he doesn't know the other players. And the other players right. don't know him. And this is why Aaron Rodgers is smartly in OTAs in New York. Look, when Tom Brady went down to Tampa during the COVID years, he quote gathered people in the park on his own and did right. all sorts of things, right? Because right. he knew the importance of getting to know his personnel. Correct. And uh, This is something that is going to be hard for the Raiders to do. I mean, Jimmy G may know the Oakland Raiders or Oakland, the Los Angeles <laughs> Raiders system, where right. I go, um, because it's Josh McDaniels, and it's New England Patriots, but there are tweaks to every system, and, and you got to right. get to know your personnel around you in terms of routes, but also linemen. You know how you step up and what you do and cadences and and protection calls and 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 different things and audibles. So. I think that's probably a big deal. But here's the other part of the physical thing that that I would say, the good news and the bad news. Uh, first of all, side note, the 49ers, I've always said, have been very honest with injuries. Right. And now I got to say coach speak is everywhere, right? And, Correct. Uh, and I don't begrudge a coach or an organization to spin the truth. That's what right. they do. They're not lying. They're just, you know, they want to tell it their way to their advantage, and there's nothing wrong with that. This whole Jimmy G, nothing to see here with his shoulder before last season, can't be correct. And this time, and the and the whole Brock Purdy, it's not a Tommy John. Well, the <laughs> ulnar collateral ligament is the Tommy John ligament, <laughs> right? Okay, it may not be the formal Tommy John reconstruction but it's still surgery on the Tommy John ligament. Right. And they think he's going to be fine, but there's no way that you can guarantee it. And that's why he said there's no guarantee he's going to be ready week one. That's like judging the success of a Raiders draft, right? The night after you, you it. you can't, you, got, you can't do that. Fine. Yeah. And then this one now it was a list Frank. And then it wasn't a list Frank. It was list Frank. He needed surgery. And then it wasn't list Frank. And he didn't need surgery. And now, by the contract that he signed with the Raiders itself, is a Frank, middle cuneiform, medial cuneiform, second metatarsal. That is the Frank joint, the mid- wow. joint. So, is it the classic Frank? Maybe, maybe not. But it clearly is the Frank joint. Right. But here's the other takeaway that I haven't said before that I thought about and found interesting. I don't know exactly, maybe you do, the the contract status of Jimmy G when he was released by the 49ers. But you know very well, you can't cut an injured player. Correct. So if Jimmy G actually thought he wouldn't play for the Las Vegas Raiders, I almost said it again, Oakland. I can't help it myself. I grew up that way, but also I'm looking at you, the Las (laughs) Vegas Raiders. Right. He didn't need to sign that waiver where they, his his signing bonus and everything is voided if his foot isn't healthy. Because if he really thought his foot wasn't going to be healthy or there was a chance, he could go back to the uh, 49ers and say, you yeah. still owe me money. Now, maybe he still can. I don't know. He signed. Well, I guess not anymore. He signed with yeah. Raiders, so it's, it's moved on. But if he really thought that his foot wasn't going to be okay – He could always refuse to sign the waiver and sit there and go back to the 49ers and claim his contract money because he can't have a guy who's injured. So with that and also with timing, I believe the Raiders know and they're just protecting themselves in case that he'll be ready for the start of the season. But I still think it's a big deal not to be there through a big part of the offseason and training camp. So it'll be
1: interesting to see. No, it, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, look he he's not just par- he's not participating in the on-field drills. You know, he's there, he's in a meeting room, he's talking with the guys. He's he's there physically with with the players. He's there physically with the coaching staff. So he's around. He's one of the guys, but I think to your point, he has to be out there to develop the chemistry. To go through the audibles, to go through, hey, where does Devontae Adams like the football? Hunter Renfro, new, you know, rookie tight end Michael Mayer. <laughs> They've got some players, but again, this also goes to a little catch up that he's going to have to play when the season, when preseason starts. Is this a is this the year that we see Jimmy Garoppolo possibly playing in the preseason rather than taking some time off? If I'm the Raiders, I have to see what I have in Jimmy Garoppolo early on because I may have to make a move if this is not what it's supposed to look like.
0: Well, you know, this is what I was saying internally with the guys at Sports Injury Central related to the Denver Broncos last year. Yeah, Russell Wilson's awesome, but he didn't play in the preseason. He didn't do a lot, and it's not just add water. This is a team game and the quarterback position being so important. But even you as a linebacker, you've got to take some snaps with your D linemen and know what they like to do and the blitz calls, but coverage and audibles, but also how to react and how a player plays. And there's a lot of subtleties to play as a unit. And I think (laughs) it's very hard to just plug in in, and play at all. And that's where we always at Sports Injury Central not only talk about injuries – but cluster injuries, like right. when an offensive line, like we're, we're saying at the end of the year, it's one thing when the right tackle and right guard of the Bengals are out and they've been right. out for a while and you could shift protection. But when you lose Jonah Williams or left tackle, which way do you swing the protection? Right. That's a big, huge deal. And when you have cluster injuries where people move multiple spots along the line, this the the chemistry isn't there you gotta play some games to 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 get that so i always thought it was important to Russ for a quarterback any quarterback right. like russell wilson to play in the preseason and do more yeah uh, i you just, know you know you know it's
1: funny it's funny that you bring up this um you've been around a lot of guys uh, guys who've had time away from football or from injury or anything like that and I know I've been around those guys. Same thing for me. If I've missed an extended period of time, whether it's off season, regular season, whatever. And it's always funny. Remember the first thing that everyone always says, I couldn't wait to get hit. <laughs> right. I couldn't wait to feel the contact. I couldn't wait to feel because that lets you know that you're back. You know, you can, people always say, Oh, it should be like riding a bike. No, it's different because sometimes it's a different feel. Now the, it looks well, different. But well, man, you always want to get hit one time to always feel it. And that's when you feel, okay, it's real. I'm back. And that's well, always something I've always had people say throughout the years. Well,
0: I never said
1: I never said that. <laughs> no, 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 Not you. I'm saying <laughs> no, like, guys you. telling you though. You know, no, no, guys telling it, me, yeah. It felt good to get hit, man. You know,
0: but I, I, I will say it, this, and I tell patients this all the time in NFL players and athletes. You're always going to have a question about your knee coming off an ACL, no matter how well you do until you take a hit on the knee or something happens and you have that momentary, uh, oh, oh my gosh, that's my ACL knee. This is not good. Right. And then you gather yourself and you get up and you shake it off and you test it out and say, oh, I I survived that. I'm fine. That's the final mental hurdle. Correct. Getting better. an injury too and like you say it's just taking that hit and uh before you uh you know put it behind yourself and there is definitely uh something to that all right so i asked you a question for for the oakland raiders great i'll (laughs) ask you a question as the san diego state great and by the way just so you know our our guys that are san diego state guys when, when one time i asked them the name san diego state greats Oh, they were right up on you, Kirk Morrison. Really. <laughs> I love it. I but, appreciate it. But but, but number 28 wasn't in the vocabulary. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Young young bucks, young fellows, young, young guys, man. <laughs> they remembered you. Uh, yeah. They were all over you. But 28, Marshall Falk didn't get a what? nod initially. I was wow. like, you got to be kidding me. Um, anyways, San Diego State question. Sure. What do you think happens to Matt Ariza and what should happen to him?
1: Well, I think that Matt Ariza is in a situation where uh, his football career is still in front of him. Um, it takes one team to sign him. The one thing that Matt Ariza is really good at what he does, uh, punching the football, kicking field goals, he's a weapon. Um, he was you know, labeled the punt god for a reason. Uh, one of the, I think he goes down as one of the great kickers to come out of San Diego State Unfortunate, the incident that he was involved with uh, at San Diego State, but he has been uh, charged with no crime. Now there is a civil suit that's uh, pending, but he, and the investigations have found him uh, to be, you know, not you know innocent of uh, all charges. And so I think that that gives a team, um, you know, a little time to sit down, look at their roster. And say, can Matty help us? Are we willing to take sometimes the the public backlash on bringing a guy in like this? Um, it, it's crazy to, to think that you know last year we were talking about Deshaun Watson at this time, and you know him being a Cleveland Brown, and yet he had all of these civil suits. So I'm not I don't want to put the both these them both together like this, but there were no criminal charges that came forward with um, Deshaun Watson. No charges were uh, were brought up. And so he's clearly moved on. Um, he's s- settled a lot of those civil suits. And now he's back playing football. And we'll see how he looks this year, a full year of playing uh, with the uh, Cleveland Browns. I think Matter Rise the same thing. Uh, I think a team will sign him. He's already bringing on one workout or sorry, one visit. I think other teams will look around. You know, we've seen... Uh, the one thing that teams always neglect is special teams and they kind of put it together, um, you know, throughout the season or as the season goes along, I honestly believe he gets another opportunity and I think he makes the most of his opportunity. Um, never was a guy that I would uh, put in a situation where, you know, you had a character issues. So I think that he moves forward and, and I hopefully, um, you know, he's able to keep his uh, career on track that was derailed from the beginning.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Yeah, and and you're right. Not only was he not proven guilty, he didn't even have to be proven innocent. There were never charges filed. Yeah, nothing was filed. There's a civil case, and of course, anything can look bad in a civil case. And I'm not taking sides on the case, but clearly, there's no criminal charges happening. Clearly, the description was a bad description, right? Right. And any way you look at it, I hope he gets a chance, but it's still not a good look because for a team but also he's not gonna get a same the chance at the same contractual value he, he might get a chance at minimum and then see see from there so uh hopefully uh you know it, it works itself out i feel bad for the, the kid assuming his innocence there and uh it's a tough situation it's tough for teens it's tough yeah. for, and and look uh it also just goes to show so sp- they may say special teams is important but in the yeah. end a punter is different than a quarterback. And in the oh, end, yeah. uh, they're not going to take away. They can take away special teams, players, livings by changing rules, i.e., kickoffs and other things. Yeah, they're not going to take away a quarterback's living. Correct. <laughs> yeah. By changing the rules. I mean, it's, uh, it's, they're going to only protect them because that's what drives the league. Right. Uh, it does. CVs. Yeah. But
1: you know, like we, I, I hope for the best for him. I, um, you know, definitely want to see him compete in the National Football League. I mean, won numerous awards in college, and I just hope he gets that opportunity you know, in the NFL. because so I think he uh, he deserves it and um, hopefully uh, use this sort of as a as a, as a redemption comeback story um, for a guy that never really had his career even start.
0: Well, you know, I think, you know, media and information fools a lot of people, even I kind of got fooled. When he started hearing some of the stories about that, I was like, this is not good. And, Correct. And, and quite honestly, I, talking to some of my guys, was internally faulting San Diego State because I said, you still promoted, you knew there was all this going on in the background, yet you still promoted him for all these punter awards. If you knew it was going in the background, okay, you're going to wait for charges or the police, that's fine, but you probably shouldn't promote him as part of the thing. But as I always say, when something – and that didn't make sense to me, why San Diego State would do that. But I would say this, and I say this all the time medically, when something doesn't make sense, it's just because we don't know all the information. Absolutely. With Jimmy Garoppolo's delay of the contract, <laughs> it didn't make sense. It did make sense. It just yeah. didn't yeah. us because we didn't,
1: didn't make, know. Have the information. Yep.
0: In the San Diego State case, I think it's conceivable they knew how the facts were going to come out and therefore right. they said why penalize the kid let's promote him for the punter awards they sort of knew or the police would whisper and you know that i mean san diego state is not the san diego chargers is not the las vegas raiders but there's a reason the director of security for pretty much every nfl team is a recent former high ranking police official
1: actor. yeah always right? there's a yeah. reason
0: why like right. like like people say Las Vegas the Raiders and you know it's a bad thing they're in Vegas let me tell you the director of security for the Las Vegas Raiders knows where every everybody is at <laughs> every club or casino yeah. in town because of all the cameras and because of all the sources and different things they that's their job to kind of yep. keep tabs on people they actually know and yeah I would imagine San Diego State probably had some Intel somewhere along the road indicating where this was going to maybe end up and that's why they did what they did in promoting the kid and so another another case of things make sense in the end and if you don't think they do there's usually a reason like if you're thinking there's no reason it doesn't make sense that deandre hopkins is getting released by the cardinals mm-hmm. oh it does it just you mm-hmm. haven't heard all of the reasons yet correct you're right Valley, Kapp, or otherwise there's something about it all what else you want to talk about, Kirk? I mean, we can catch up, Dan, anything you want to do?
1: Uh, No, that's about it, man. I'm just, you know, enjoying this time as we get ready for a season. I think it's going to be one in which uh, I look forward to because I think just a loaded AFC, um, it's so many good quarterbacks. Uh, from, you know, I think the AFC West now, Russell Wilson with Sean Payton now, what does that look like? Justin Herbert and the weapons that he has with in, in with the Chargers. I, obviously, Patrick Mahomes speaks for himself. Um, you know, you look at Trevor Lawrence in year three, you know, that's the biggest jump I've always said for a quarterback is year three. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, obviously the Houston Texans drafting CJ Stroud. So is that's a young up and coming team. Man, the gauntlet of the AFC North is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, right? This is this this is going to be one of those epic, I think, conferences this year. Even Kenny Pickett with the Steelers. I mean, Steelers. I think they're a much better team. And you already mentioned Aaron Rodgers earlier. You know, he, in with the Jets, Tua with the Dolphins. I feel like Bill O'Brien joining or rejoining the Patriots as their offensive coordinator. I don't put anything past New England and Bill Belichick, right? And then yeah. Buffalo with Josh Allen. And who knows, do they acquire DeAndre Hopkins? That AFC is going to be a gauntlet. And then on the in the NFC side, I really like the Cowboys this year doing something, making some noise. I think that they've been through a lot and but they're a really good football team. Does Jalen Hurts take a new step after being the richest contract in history for five minutes in the NFL <laughs> until Lamar Jackson surpasses him? um you know my former college teammate at San Diego State can Kevin O'Connell the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings can they repeat as champions in the NFC North or Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions take over that division now that Aaron Rodgers has exited stage left and we get a full dose of Jordan Love this year man so it is just storyline after storyline i i literally i I'm I'm excited. I can't wait. I, I really can I mean, Derek Carr, you mentioned Raiders earlier. He's now going to be with the New Orleans Saints. He's the best quarterback in that division. So could the Saints find their way into the playoffs and be a true contender, you know, this year in the NFL? Absolutely. So, and you mentioned Trevor Lawrence.
0: Not only is yeah. it his third year, it's his second year in the same system
1: correct another jump right it's I another mean, jump yeah you know, i've always said so. people. the biggest jump in the nfl is not year one to year two the biggest jump i think for a lot of players is year two to year three yeah. because the game actually slows down and if you actually have the same coaching staff and terminology it slows down even more because now you know what the cost you know what they expect uh and I always say now you've become an upperclassman in the NFL, too, right? The third year is like you become the upperclassman. You know? <laughs> you're you're <laughs> on the other side of the hump. You're on the other side <laughs> now.
0: So you mentioned a lot of teams that could go somewhere.
1: Which teams aren't don't have a chance?
0: Can't go anywhere.
1: Well, I think Arizona Cardinals. I mean, right now with the quarterback situation, you could speak more on the Kyler Murray. I mean, the true timeline of that injury. And even still, you know, you mentioned getting hit on that knee. Well, you know, one of the biggest attributes – For Kyler Murray, his ability to run and make plays and improvise. That will be slowed down a bit with the injury at first because you may want to be a pocket passer, which takes away from that ability to improvise and and get the ball down the field. So that's a team I'm looking at. I mean, I'm looking at Houston, not because they're a bad team, but because they're going to be young. You know, they've got a young quarterback, but they're going to be be fiery. They're going to be ready to go. Indianapolis, I mean, they're kind of hit or miss. Are you banking all of it on Anthony Richardson? in year one, or is this a process that they understand it may take some lumps this year? The NFC South, whoa, that is going to be, whew. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the first year after Tom Brady, what does that look like now? That is not going to be a, a fun division. Carolina, I mean, a, I mean, a fun team to look at, I think. Carolina, and, and you know, the number one overall pick, Bryce Young, they've got some pieces, but can they truly contend, right? Mm. So there's some teams, that if you look around the league, you know, even Washington, how much do you believe in Sam Howell? A lot of teams who you say, I, I, they can be good, but if they're, you know, a, a bottom feeder or two, I just wouldn't be surprised. And so I think when it comes down to it, it's the teams that don't have a true, legitimate, legitimate quarterback. It's a, it's a lot of, hey, we got a lot of faith in this guy but it's nothing that to where you say, you know what, I'm I'm, going to put up the mortgage on the house for this one. I I, I don't see that confidence in some of those players. And I think that's why, you know, I don't have confidence, you know, saying that this is a team that can take it to the next step. All right.
0: Final question for you. All right. (laughs) Your old quarterback, Kevin O'Connell, calls Morrison. I need you as a coach. You're inspirational. I need help on the defensive
1: side. Do you answer the call? (laughs) <laughs> oh man, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> that is a tough one. I would have to ask my wife about that one. <laughs> if she uh, says hard, go yeah. do, it. yeah, if she <laughs> says go do it, go do it. Because uh, I got some young ones, you know. We got the young kids, so it's always hard to want to leave the family to go out and do it. And I know the life of a coach. Um, I feel like I do have a passion to coach, but I also have a passion for what I'm doing now. You know, so explaining the game and commentating. So I'm coaching, but doing it a little bit different way of doing uh, of coaching, but also being able to have a little bit more time with the family. So I would answer the call and I would see what I can do. And I may just be one of those uh, training camp interns, right? (laughs) You know how it is. You, You come for training camp and you may stop through in and out during the season. You may mentor a player here throughout the season. So I'll definitely be up for that though.
0: Gotcha. Well, you know, Kirk, I know you well enough that, uh, you're going to succeed in whatever you do, whether it was at San Diego state, whether it was the Oakland Raiders or, you know, Jacksonville or media stuff, or if you get into coaching or being a dad, so whatever you want to do, I'm sure you'll be uh, great with it all. Now I guess final final is Oakland native. Yeah. Raiders are now in Vegas and the A's are heading to Vegas. Any thoughts there?
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunate. I'm, um, you know, torn that my hometown city has lost everything, right, in terms of uh, the sporting teams, right? Even the Warriors went from Oakland. They now play in San Francisco for the last three seasons. You mentioned the Raiders taking off and going. Um, And now with the A's, uh, we've kind of lost it all. Um, I get it. I understand it. But there's two sides to this. I'm torn because kids won't grow up and have that hometown team, right? But it's not like San Francisco is too far away. I would hate for kids to Oakland to be San Francisco fans, but I grew up with half of my friends, 49er fans, because the Raiders weren't in Oakland. They were somewhere else. So half my friends were 49er fans anyway. So I guess there's going to be a lot of people growing up with those teams in the Bay Area. But I will say this. I do enjoy going to Vegas now, watching football and maybe baseball now. So it gives me a reason to go to Vegas, right? Who who doesn't need a reason to go to Vegas? A business trip now. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right,
0: my friend Kirk, appreciate you. You're everywhere. I, I, I appreciate your friendship and your wisdom. Thanks for spending all this time with us. We'll take a quick break on the Pro Football Docs Sports Injury Central podcast and come back with part two. All right. Welcome back to part two of this week's Pro Football Doc podcast, uh, Sports Injury Central podcast. Uh, Kirk Morrison, good guest. Look, I was surprised you guys, Mr. San Diego State people, didn't jump on San Diego State hero in that part of the podcast. I mean, for Taylor, it's a double whammy. Oakland Raider great. A little bit before time, but a double uh, you guys probably didn't even know who he was, though. <laughs> He's not Marshall Falk, right? You should have known him in Oakland if you didn't know him at San Diego State.
2: I know him in Oakland because he was part of the years where we were terrible, which is when I watched the most, which is weird. So I do remember him.
0: <laughs> all good. No, Kirk's
3: a good dude. Do it. Um Dorf Turner, Art, Art Spellman, Lane Kiffin, something like that.
0: Art Shell. Oh, Art Shell. I, I didn't realize he played for six Art different Chell, head coaches yeah, yeah. in eight seasons. That's that's a lot.
2: They were going through a lot those years. So
0: <laughs> that's a lot. Um all right. Uh, part two of the podcast, we got a lot, a lot of different things going on, even football things and non-football things. Uh I don't know. You want to talk about all the optimism of Brees Hall or baseball injuries or basketball? Where do you want to go?
3: Yeah, we, we covered Brees Hall uh during OTAs and stuff, but it's funny to hear uh Robert Sala give his miles per hour. He's, uh, he's going 22 miles an hour <laughs> as – it echoes in my ear that uh, straight running is never an issue (laughs) with the acl all right line running is not the problem
0: all right let's chat a bit about brees hall i love the optimism on brees hall i love that robert sala is optimistic i love that he's saying he's hoping expecting or optimistic week one i love the fact that he's saying he's hitting 22 miles an hour on the gps doesn't mean anything in terms of an ACL recovery. And here's why. It's about cutting and deceleration to gain yards. It's not straight line running. What I wanna see video of is Brees Hall straight line running at high speeds. And I believe he can do that. And that's awesome. But I'll bet it takes him 30 yards to slow down as opposed to everyone else stopping on a dime. That's what happens. And you don't want your head coach being pessimistic. Oh, well, we'll see. I don't think he's going to be there. Look, spring, you know, hope spring's eternal, right? And this is spring for football. Mm -hmm. And it's good to have optimism. But as we talked about with Michael Fabiano last week, the ADPs are still overrated in terms of what's happening with Brees Hall. I hope I'm wrong but high-end speed doesn't mean anything. You guys remember the uh, Odell Beckham chat we had years ago and he was running really fast on the treadmill. And uh, Odell and I said, looks great, but it's about deceleration and cutting. This is straight line running. And I said, and the video looks sped up. And he came back with, the video is not sped up. All I mean is, if you record it on an iPhone and put it on Twitter or an Android, you know, the speeds vary a little bit. Not that he was doctoring purposely the video, but he agreed. He's not there yet an acceleration and uh, deceleration and cutting. And what happened? That was ahead of the year that he was with the Browns and got traded to the Rams. Kind of like we said, his start of the season was going to be rough. It was very rough in Cleveland. And then by the end of the year with the LA Rams, he won a Super Bowl, and it was pretty good. Now was that all Matt Stafford versus Baker Mayfield? No. Was it all Sean McVay scheme versus Cleveland Brown scheme? No. Some of it was Beckham's knee getting into better shape. Same for Brees Hall. Maybe he's going to be ready week one. Maybe he's going to suit up week one, Uh, but I'll bet you he's going to have better games later in the season than early. So, Good to have optimism, not trying to destroy the Jets' hopes and dreams. But there's no way that he's going to be 100% week one. Maybe he'll be on the football field. Remember, we always say 85% is a good week in the NFL. Now, more so 85% come week eight and week 12 than week one. But we'll see. There's a lot of time and uh, good to hear positive reports. I guarantee you, you never hear negative reports. You only hear positive reports. So uh, there's a, those are some Brees Hall thoughts. And yeah, we'll upgrade his sixth score as we go along uh, as we get closer to the season because we'll look at video and see if he looks better. So far, I haven't seen any. And if you guys do or anyone does, show me.
2: Well, speaking of ADPs, another running back too is Javante Williams yeah. going in the fourth round, fifth round in some fantasy leagues. That's like you said, overrated. I don't know if they're understanding like the Brees Hall stuff. Like, he may play week one, he may not. But you're getting about week well seven weeks of not great Brees Hall and not great Javante Williams. So it's like you said, it's they're too high both of them. They're both in the same line of thought right now.
0: Well, in our opinion, and and you know, honestly, uh, our best feature on sick picks has probably been futures uh, team futures and player individual uh totals over under yardage etc we were what uh, 17 and 8 and there were some plus money numbers in there too so it was better than that uh sick picks and we got to start looking at that um because some of those numbers are out uh, we'll start yes, looking at they that. are
2: starting to leak out yeah
0: and and the key is to jump on now before they move.
2: Numbers move, yep, absolutely.
0: All right, so Brees Hall not being pessimistic. Oh, and Aaron um, Rodgers' calf, okay, he's got a calf. We'll take their time. It's fine. Look, uh, can he be back out on the practice field later this week? Maybe, but, you know, he's not scrambling. <laughs> he just needs to drop back and and run the offense he it's doesn't cute. need to scramble and run in otas
3: uh one we're working on an article right now but one i was surprised by your high six score is uh, kyle pitts the torn mcl from last uh november 20th uh, mcl that required surgery remember it's pretty brutal he took a helmet right to the knee knee went backwards uh why are we so high on him coming
0: into this season doc well you i may not be as high as you think now that you remind me of some of the information okay um, I have zero worries about an isolated MCL, but isolated MCLs don't always need surgery. So I may have to revise that. And this is why we go by checklists and information in terms of surgery. My guess is you're, we're going to find out there was more than MCL. And if that's the case, we may revise what a six quarter. And this is why, you know, I always say, an, MC, an ACL is not an ACL. A hamstring is not a hamstring a groin is not a groin it's not depends on the grade severity side type of player to use a cookie cutter number a grade 2 list frank is boom this or a grade uh, a high ankle sprain grade 2 patrick mahomes is 4 to 6 weeks he's going to miss the super bowl no way right it's just different on different people and that's really what we're all about right guys i mean injury analysis as opposed to injury reporting but the injury analysis is from pro sports team doctors who have worked with these players and been in the room, not a cookie cutter. Here's the algorithm. Here's the report. We take it as gospel and we apply this algorithm that's taken as gospel. That's true for the masses. If you have a hundred MCL sprains, grade twos are this long. That's true. But in this case, on this player, on this side, on this team, And really, is it a grade two or is it not based on video and peripheral information? My suspicion on Kyle Pitts is it's more than an isolated MCL. Why did he have surgery? So we should go back and look at all of that. And uh, maybe I jumped the gun because I forgot (laughs) that he had surgery. So all that.
3: That's an interesting one. He's the the polarizing fantasy uh, opinion guy. So. (laughs) <laughs> well, well let's, let's take a look at, at it let's now. let's gather the all data right, and sleep sleep.
0: see because uh you know me you guys you guys got to keep me on track i can't remember every all this little stuff
3: we're having your brain to into uh basketball and sleeper picks because uh everyone that's been following us on twitter we're doing a sleeper picks promo you sign up first time depositors get a hundred dollar match so uh We've been dipping into some of the props on that one done pretty well for game six and
0: seven i think we went five and one no you guys have done great the team has done great you guys hit the uh three-way uh, parlay for game six and we're two out of three for game seven didn't hit it and these are all injury based picks where the lines are an anomaly so to speak and uh, i think it's a, a good strength of uh, six score you guys educated me. I'm not a gambling guy. I told you I don't gamble. I don't have a, a gambling account. I'm in California. But sleeper picks, underdog prize picks, they're all legal in California. They're legal in most states. And it's a fantasy DFS formulation, which makes it legal for uh, to win money, right? Uh, you can wager real money and get matches and and uh, listeners here, go to uh, SportsCenterCentral6score.com. You'll see the promos. Sleeper will match you $100. Use the code SIC and uh, follow along. We'll, we'll walk you through. The site will walk you through some of the better plays, especially when uh, a sleeper or, or underdog offers a, uh, a promo where, you know, they, they alter the line. So basically, they're giving you one leg of the parlay and you can just pick two others and get three-leg parlay money uh, kind of deal.
2: They you had know, a Tatum uh, promo earlier. Remember, it was uh, a half a point, and that was the night we hit uh, three in a, three out of three. So you would have, if you would have put him with the three with the Tatum, you would have had four. That would have been, yeah, like you said. Big oh, you
0: didn't even team. take the Tatum one. You took three on your own.
2: Yeah, so that's what because you don't want to take Tatum's automatic. That's like a throw, you know. You're giving they're giving four you. more than a point, right? All so.
0: right, so four for four. Yeah, what was his that's point, point, expert five points scored that day yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah, it's too bad his ankle yeah. hampered him. Uh, but I still think the Heat would have won. And uh, Tyler yeah, Hero, you
3: can get the latest uh, insight on Tyler Hero at the top of the site. Yep, we put out a video, an article on him. It'd be interesting to see when when he returns, but I'm sure we'll be all over a prop when they put that up.
0: Yeah, he'll return, and I don't think there's going to be any minutes restrictions. I think he's going to be good to go. Uh, I always thought at least six weeks seemed like a high number. He's approaching six weeks and about ready to come back, so I guess that's at least six weeks. I think there was a a chance for earlier, but he will play in these NBA finals. What game is the question? And uh, I think sooner than people think.
2: Yeah, because game three seems like a, too far in. I think we've been very optimistic on his chances to play, and we even thought there's a slight, slight chance he could return seven. So three seems really bad because there's a chance that they could be down 2-0 by the chance he returns. So I don't really like – when I first saw um, – I think Chris Haynes from Yahoo um said that. I just don't – I think, like you said, I I'm, I would think he comes earlier, right? I don't like the fact that they are, there's a chance that he comes back when they're down 2-0 already.
0: I mean – Tyler Hero is a shooter. Yes. Very good one. Unless, yeah. unless for some reason the hand still bothers him for shooting, it's is he going to reach in and play defense? That's when he's going to aggravate it. But he's a shooter. I think he's he never
2: shoot. done that before, the defensive part. So, I mean, he's a yeah. 20 point scorer and he can cut, shoot, you can drive to make three. So, like you said, it's all on that side. So yeah. they wouldn't, yeah. Like you said, is it more of a rotation or rust for why they wouldn't put him back to the rotation? Because they they're doing well with what they have right now. Right. So, well,
0: I, I think it's a coaching decision is the bottom yeah. line. Right. And um, Tyler Hero rust upset. I mean, obviously, the Heat have done well without him with the current rotation. Right. So maybe there's a reason to keep it as is.
3: Right. It's an interesting baseball injury too, Doc. Uh, we ran by uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, left handed pitcher for the Tigers, uh, had a. Left index finger, A four pulley. I don't know, bunch of (laughs) bunch of jumble to me, but seems seems significant. I mean, people
0: get a blister on their index finger and they can't pitch for a week. So,
2: (laughs) what's what's the read
0: on that? Let's talk about the Detroit Lions and their injury reporting. Fantastic! (laughs) I wish every team would do that. As we pull up their injury report here, they give great detail here. I mean, not only do they say left index finger, and he's a left handed pitcher, Mm -hmm. not only do they say pulley injury, they say pulley rupture, and they named the pulley A4. There are eight different pulleys, and they were so specific, they said A4 rupture compared to, let's say, a Houston Astros injury report would be upper body. At best, right? I mean, it's amazing. Left finger discomfort. Like, yeah,
2: it's like good laziness, right? It's like instead of making their own media report, they just copied the doctor's notes, maybe. Like that's what I would do. That's I feel like it's like good laziness.
0: Well, look, don't I'm not hating on the Astros or Dusty Baker. Okay. You guys know know Dusty a little bit, this, that, the other, but that's just their style. They don't want to say anything. And the Detroit Lions, Tigers, boom, they give it, you know, and there's no reason to think it's not accurate. I mean, when they're giving that much detail and uh, it's just a different style. Uh, the Astros are on the other end of the spectrum. Look, uh, the Patriots and Bill Belichick are giving shit all the time, giving grief about their injury reporting. At press conferences, he says Nothing. And he legally puts anyone with any sort of injury as questionable. If they're 99% playing, questionable. That's within the rules. They're not cheating the system. The Astros are within the rules saying nothing. The Lions, the Detroit Tigers are within the rules saying everything. But I have to applaud the Tigers for being so specific. I haven't seen that out of any other team. But in terms of the actual injury left index finger a four pulley this is a big deal and i don't think anyone has really caught on to how big a deal this is as you say a blister will cost a p- pitcher time like this is the index finger i'm no can you pitcher. show
2: it? can you show where where's the a4 at
0: the a4 pulley so this is on my right hand because I'm right handed, but the A4 pulley is right here. And there's eight pulleys. Two of them are important to prevent bow stringing. The pulley keeps the tendon look when you bend your finger, the tendency is for the tendon to bow out away from your finger. The two tendons, sorry, the two pulleys that are important. Not trying to do anatomy lesson, and I hate yes. pulling out models and pictures, but I'm sure yes, yes. producer will pull up a picture here to show where it is. The a four pulley is in the middle phalanx, and the two pulleys that are important to prevent bowstringing of the eight are a two and a four. We don't have to worry about a two, but a four is an important pulley to prevent bowstringing. If it's ruptured, he has a tendency to bowstring. At this point in time, this is a much bigger deal than anyone is making out of this. This is his index finger. And if you have bowstringing, not only does it affect your power, it changes your grip a little bit. Grip is everything for a pitcher. Thus, sticky substance or slippery substance or, you know, grip, uh, you know, all the talk about it. And this is the index finger. Arguably the most important finger for grip for a slider, a cutter, a fastball, you know, maybe less so for a changeup. But the bottom line is very important. If a blister bothers pitchers and it's rightful that it does, bowstringing of the tendon, and there aren't a lot of examples of it out there, is a big deal. You guys know me. I'm not an alarmist. But a worst case scenario for an A4 pulley rupture, is surgery and a worst case scenario with surgery means the season and maybe even leaking into the start of next season if the a4 pulley needs a formal reconstruction huge deal i'm not suggesting a worst case scenario but a best case scenario is going well beyond 15 day il I mean, they say they're going to reassess him in a week or so and come up with a throwing plan. That doesn't mean they're going to start a throwing plan in a week or 10 days. That means they're going to reassess him to see how much longer he needs to be immobilized potentially before stressing that A4 pulley and index finger tendon. Like, I, I, if I were him or Detroit Lions fan and you, Detroit Tigers fan, and you told me he's good to go 100% 60 days from now. I would take it. Really? 15 days doesn't seem realistic. And there's the potential downside of losing him for a lot longer. We'll see. Maybe it's not a complete rupture. Maybe that media report oversells it a little bit. But I, you know, uh, it's not a Tommy John, okay? It's not an all a collateral, but it's the index finger pitching hand. It's a rupture of one of the important pulleys that will affect his grip. This is a big deal. I mean, okay, he can physically throw a pitch, but if his grip isn't right, where's the control? Uh, And he's not an overpowering pitcher, it's about control and precision. And so can he even get the job done even if he were put out there? So uh, suffice it to say, this is something for Tigers fans to watch very closely a big deal, in our opinion.
2: That's unfortunate. He's had his lowest ERA this year at 213. And the Tigers have been surprising. They're second in the central. So this would could maybe start botting them down because they weren't supposed to be this high. So that is a huge injury. And there's another one coming up, right? Uh, Riley Green, as well, outfielder. Second broken bone in two years.
0: What was the other broken bone?
2: Broken right foot. He could have found off a ball, Garrett Cole, Yankees in 2002, April. He missed the start of the season about a month. He didn't. All right. One.
0: So that's a foul ball. That's not a drink milk situation. Yeah. We, yeah. We I wanted won't. to take like, you
2: for the milk situation.
0: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yep. not, I mean, uh, if you would have told me it was another stress fracture somewhere else, I'd be more You'd worried. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> but a stress fracture in the fibula depends on where it is and how early in the stress fracture process it is. I mean, Worst case scenario, stress fractures can sometimes need surgery and bone grafting, assuming that's not the case because he's been playing up until this finding of the stress fracture. I would hope and assume it's mild, but let me tell you once again, stress fractures don't heal in days. They heal in at least weeks and sometimes months. So you have to assume 10-day IL at least, and once again, hopefully can avoid 60. Stress fractures happen because of lack of blood flow in a certain area. The stress is higher on that area of bone, and uh, it's the healing is slower too. If you actually have a fracture with uh, hematoma bleeding and then callus formation, not to bore people, but it's healing with uh, with secondary intention, resolving callus and blood. And that actually is quicker than end-to-end bone growth. Yeah. And that's what happens in a stress fracture. Sure, he'll get a bone stimulator. He might get some other bone healing medication. Uh, hopefully, and I doubt it, I doubt he'll need surgery, but hopefully he can be back in multiple weeks, not months, but it's not going to be days.
3: Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, I think that about wraps it up. Beast of the Week. I got in same division, Liam Hendricks, the uh, White Sox pitcher, making it back from Stage 4, non hodgkin Symphono, I believe. Uh, just made his debut the other night, and he's uh, back with the team a little over five months, I think it was.
0: Yeah. Um, Beast of the Week. Um, well, before I get fully to Beast of the Week, I actually have a surprise nominee for Beast of the Week. But... Okay. Uh, this morning and I tweeted out something and I'm surprised how many people, did you guys know about the, the tax situation? I know about Florida's tax. I don't know about Texas. What about Florida's tax?
2: There's no I, know that I can, there's no uh, sales tax. So I can go get my school clothes there for free and are like no tax and then go back home. That's what I used to do every single summer.
0: <laughs> That's what I know about Florida taxes. <laughs> Well, I saw some media saying that Victor Wimbayama is going to save millions. He's lucky that the Spurs drafted him or going to draft him, number one, right? And he's going to save, he's not going to have to pay income tax. Fake news. You always have to pay federal income tax, no matter what state that you're mm-hmm. in. Yep. And guess what? When Wimbayama plays the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors, the state of California is going to tax him.
1: When he plays the Knicks, the state of New
0: York is going to tax him. Yep. When he plays the Nets, New York State is going to tax him. So it doesn't matter if you live in a no-state income tax, whether Florida or Texas. When you go play, when the Texans play the 49ers or the Chargers or the Rams, that Texans players paycheck that week is not the same as the previous week for a home game. Right. They withhold state income tax. You know, it's uh, literally professional athletes have athlete pro athlete accountants that literally file state income tax forms in like, I don't know, 15 different States, depending on, you know, how many different players they play in. And for football, it's one seventeenth of your salary. The Texans player may say, Well, I only played there on Sunday. I worked the whole week. Mm-hmm. So it should be one seventh of my one-seventeenth salary. The state of California says, Nope. You played that game. You were played, paid for playing that game. We don't care where you were the rest of the week. You yep. played and quote, earned cash your check that day, so to speak. Even though they get players get paid on Tuesday. And you get for the week. Mm-hmm. But if that Sunday, you play in California. And I'm not trying to sing it out, California. I just happen to live in California. it's an income tax state. And it's the same in other income tax states. Your check is different. So is there a difference of signing in Florida or Texas when you're talking about millions and millions of dollars? Absolutely. But it's not as though there is no state income tax because each state will still take theirs. Right. Uh, Now, the other side of the coin is players when they're done, especially in football, often file work comp claims in eight different states because they say, well, I may not have ever played for a California team, football team, but I played in California and you guys in California took out work comp taxes from me, which makes me eligible for the system. So now, if I have a work comp injury and/or disability, I'm going to file under the work comp system in all these different states, and I see it. You know, they're entitled because they paid into the tax system. Uh, there, I'm not a financial expert at all. I was just pointing that out that the in sports things are more complicated. There's just a lot of different things, and that's where I think we have the advantage of having been quote in the room when it happened, dealt with these pro athletes, the panel of doctors, it's just different insight. This has nothing to do with doctoring whatsoever, but this is just what players talk about. This is what you know, um, look, when I worked for the X Games of the chief medical officer, the first prize might've been $50,000, but you didn't get $50,000 when it was in LA, not only take the federal withholding, you had the state withholding, you know, and and, it's different when you know the uh, X Games was a, was in a different state because there's different tax rates. It's mm-hmm. not all the same. It's based on where you live and where you worked, right? Uh, kind of deal. Uh, it's a complicated process, is all. Super. Yeah. All right. Uh, Beast of the week. You know what I want to throw out there? The Beast of the week. A combination. I don't know. I forget the name of the golfer. Who was the golfer that? hit into the water this weekend on 18, up by two strokes. All he had to do was par out, you know, take out your three iron, you you know, and get your standard par, and he wins the tournament. The people behind him were two back. I think the whole back, they were two back. Hard to make that up, right? Instead, he hits it into the water. And my first nomination for Beast of the Week is that golf ball. It kept moving for five minutes in that little <laughs> drainage. <laughs> I mean, that's one heck of a golf ball for five minutes. It kept moving. And then, <laughs> uh, I, I never, it, it wasn't like it was down a river. Was a and it, it was like trickling trickle yeah. trickle trickle trickle. I, I, I was amazed. I mean, I, I was surprised the PJ allowed that stream to be there. They didn't figure out a solution. I mean, I don't know what the deal was, but that <laughs> golf ball is a beast. I think it moved for longer than five minutes. They stopped and said, "You just got to play on and take your penalty." Because he was, because in theory, I think he could have waited for it to stop and hit it, depending on where it stopped, right? Depending on where yeah. it stopped, or someone was saying that he could have swung on it as it was moving slowly. Yeah, you on could, that's what it said he said he
2: can swing again. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I was reading that
0: about that, it. That golfer would have been a beast if he did that, but Emiliano uh,
2: Grillo, I think I said his name
0: right. Yeah, and and then he went on the practice range and then invited some kids to hit with him. Yeah, I mean, how great is that that he's calm enough to invite some kids to hit with him and and stayed calm instead of blowing the tournament. He won it in uh, in in yeah. uh, the playoffs. So I'd say. Between the golf ball and Grillo, the, the golfer, they're beast of the week for for doing that. A, a golf ball that keeps moving for five minutes? I mean,
2: Even the rules expert, he said he's never seen that in 25 years, so he's glad he, he's able to remember it. Imagine the rules expert that's literally in charge of everything, saying, like, I've never seen this 25 years. What, 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 do we, what do we do here?
0: Well, if you haven't seen it in 25 years, I, that, that, that golf ball qualifies as a beast. Yep. Uh, they kept moving. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching. I thanks agree. to Kirk Morrison again, and uh, you know we'll see you next week. Uh, NBA playoffs. Go to SIC Score. You guys will have. We'll figure out some uh, injury-based uh, props where you finals. Can Jamal money. Murray healthy. Yep. Yeah. Good job, Jamal Murray, and uh, the Nuggets were our healthiest team coming into the season. They're certainly yep. healthy now. Jamal Murray, second year off the of ACL, looks great uh donchick uh not donchick um Joker, and uh looks great triple doubles um this first game is it rust for for denver i don't know they've been playing well all season like A
2: well-oiled machine I don't, yeah, I don't
0: i don't think they're on a hot streak if it's a hot streak rust sets in and the rest they've been this all season and miami's got to be a little tired and remember high altitude i mean uh uh, you're right. If they wait for game three, it might be they might be down 0-2 uh, if they wait for game three for Tyler Hero to come back. But then again, what do they always say? A, a playoff series doesn't start till a road team wins, right? Yep. I mean, if all you're doing is hold and serve, that's what you expect. Yep. All right. Uh, thanks for watching and listening. Pro Football Docs, Sports Injury Central Podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week in plenty of videos and, and information on the website.